Do you long for deeper intimacy with God? In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches us how to build our relationship with Him. Let's join the Brookwood Care Pastors in this series, When You Pray. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the uh, Care Ministries podcast here at Brookwood Church. Is that how we start off? (laughs) Can we start off that way? Sure. All right, cool. Uh, My name is Gene Beckner. I'm the uh, Care Pastor here at Brookwood here with uh, Josh Masters and Doug Wildman. You guys want to say hello? Hello, Hello, Gene. There you go. And uh, kind of excited to be with you as we start a new series uh, about prayer and... um, kind of love the discussion. We talk about this a lot, the discussions that the three of us have before we end up doing the podcast. Um, really, there's a lot of insight that occurs. I think God kind of really directs our path well uh, during those times. And uh, he did the, the same thing to us yesterday, I believe. Because yes. um, we had a plan in place yes. and then God blew it up. He did. <laughs> yeah. he, he blows that up a lot. Yes, he does. Um, so... We're going to be spending the next six weeks on uh, a small passage of Scripture, but I think it's it's uh, vital. Uh, it falls within the middle of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is, is teaching. And um, specifically, we're going to uh, focus on Matthew 6 and about where Jesus is giving instructions about how to pray and fasting. Mm-hmm. And so we will show how that kind of connects to one another. Um, you know, I remember when, you know, when I first got saved and I was reading uh, the Bible and the part where Jesus would speak was always in red, which it's that way on my app on my phone as well, too. And I remember when I first came across this, I was like, wow, he's talking a lot because I kept flipping through the pages and it was like, right. you know, six or eight pages. And uh, one of my mentors was like, well, you probably really need to pay attention to that then. I was like, check, you know, I got you. And uh, so I think it was when when we started to come together on this, um, I kind of had that same feeling like, wow, I should really be paying attention to what he's saying here. Mm. And as so often happens when we find a scripture that we're going to talk about, we usually have to go before that scripture to get some... Uh, context as to what was going on, and this is no different. So mm-hmm. even though we will be um, in Matthew 6, uh, verses 5 through, you know, somewhere around 17, 18 for the most part, um, I want us to start back in verse 1 and see kind of what Jesus is saying. And I'm actually going to read uh two different versions. I'm going to read the NLT, which is what we're kind of used to, and that's what we hear on Sunday here. But I'm also going to pull up the message because I think there's some words in there uh, that even as we were talking yesterday really got our attention. So before he talks about praying and before he talks about fasting, he says, Matthew 6, verse 1, he says, watch out, exclamation point. So again, with exclamation point. He has said that with some with some energy. Mm-hmm. He says, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose a reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. 
He says, I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. And we'll talk a lot about kind of what those rewards really are. It's not right. what we think they are. You know, a lot of times we are seeking the extrinsic and the, you know, put that gift in my hand kind of thing. Right. But this is more about relationship and, and we'll, you know, we'll get into that. And then in verse 5, which is where the title of our series comes from, Jesus says, when you pray. And what has always struck me about that was he didn't say, if you pray. Mm. He didn't say, if you have time or when it's convenient or on Sunday, he says, when you pray. So to me, there was an expectation there from Jesus that this would be a part of your walk. Mm -hmm. You know, this would be a part of your life. And why is it so important? And, you know, we'll get into that over the next six weeks. Mm -hmm. And he uses that same uh, phrase elsewhere in Matthew for fasting, yes. when you fast. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that yep. there's a expectation that's that's going to be part of your Christian walk. And, and we're going to do this a little different because I'm going to touch on verses 5 and 7 because they kind of go together. And then we're going to go back to verse 6 and Doug's going to touch on some things and then Josh is going to end us with, with verse 8. But in verse 5, he starts off with when you pray, and he uses that word again, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. He says, I tell you the truth, and I know in the older versions that was verily, verily. Every time I saw that when I first got saved, I was like, that must be important. <laughs> um, he says, I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. Well, what, what reward was it? Well, everyone saw them. That's it. That's pretty empty, really. That's kind of sad. But he says that's all the reward they're going to get. And then in verse 7, he says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to go back to uh, the message version, which, again, uh, I like to look at that sometimes because I think it just, it just gives a more conversational feel to it. And here's what he says there in verse 5. He says, when you come before God, don't turn it into a theatrical production. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers are hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? And then in verse 7, he says, The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques, forgetting what you want from God. He says, don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows what you need. He knows better what you, what you need. So I think, you know, the... The thing that I want to touch on, and, and then Doug will um, kind of continue the conversation, is that is to look at prayer as relationship-based, you yes. know, not ritual-based. Right. Um, you know, we were made, we know this from Genesis, we were made in, in God's image, and he made us like him. So therefore, when we are communicating with him, you know, it should be 
an outflow of relationship. Because if we're praying, and you know, Josh will be talking about this as well, if if our motivation is off, just like in our earthly relationships, you know, for those of us who have children, if our kids came to us and all of a sudden their voice changed and they were like, Father Doug, I am coming to you as your child to add, you'd be like, Why are you talking to me that way? Why is your voice <laughs> right. changing? You know, why is your whole posture changing? Why aren't you coming to me as my child? Mm-hmm. You know, why aren't, why aren't we having a conversation here? But yet a lot of people have a, have a misinterpretation of what prayer really is. And so we just want to lay, I think we're just laying that base there is that it's, it's relational. So as you think about when you talk to God, as we're going to find out and as Jesus instructs, instructs us, is let's put that as as the blanket on the floor, so to speak. Mm. You know, we're, if we're making a pallet here to lay down for the next six weeks, kind of, and and rest in this, that it's it's relationship based, and that there's a God in heaven who desires that from us, and it not be ritualistic, yeah. which Jesus mentions. And Doug, you're gonna kind of touch on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm guessing that if you're listening to this podcast right now you're recognizing within yourself a desire for a deeper intimacy with God through prayer. Um, and um, that's great. That's a, that's a great place to start. There are three pillars of Jewish piety, and they are all three of them are listed here in this chapter. Um, the first one is giving alms to the poor. Um, the second one is fasting. And then in between those two that Jesus mentions here is prayer. And um, the, the key with all three of those things is exactly the same. If you really look at it, it's go away in, into a, a secret place or do things privately. Um, you might ask yourself, well, why? Why does he ask us to, to go away privately? Well, it's so easy for us as people to get into a performance mode. And we have our own sacred cows, too, in our modern times, um, you know, like leading a Bible study or, um, you know, who showed up at the prayer meeting, you know, um, for some some people here, um, you know, it's like being involved in different ministries, those kinds of things. It's very easy to kind of get into that mode where we are really making it about the performance and for the eyes of other people. Um, instead of their relationship. It's kind of like how many people have I talked to about how they present, how people present themselves on social media as like, it's like this well-curated image mm-hmm. of the way that things ought to, what, what people think ought to be. But there's a disconnect between the reality and what they're presenting. Mm. And I think in, in many ways, that's kind of the same issue that we're talking about here. Um, Jesus is calling us to a deeper relationship with him, one where we connect um, with him in private. Um, in an so, authentic, in and an authentic relationship. Exactly. Because one of the words that's used in verse 5 is hypocrites. Mm. And mm-hmm. what's interesting about that word, and it's so interesting that in the message it says, don't make a theatrical production Mm -hmm. out of Mm -hmm. prayer is that the word hypocrite was actually a theater term Mm -hmm. and it was in reference to someone who would wear a mask yeah 
And so when Jesus refers to hypocrites, that's exactly what he's talking about is, is authenticity and not putting on a show. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly right. So if you're if you're looking to experiencing more of God in your time of prayer, this is pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. This is not about your ego. This is about connecting with God privately, talking to him in secret. I'm just going to read uh, read this uh, once again. Matthew 6, 6 says, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Um, God does not owe us anything. Um, it's interesting. The, uh, the King James Bible adds an extra word. I'd never noticed that until this week. It says, what you do in secret will be rewarded publicly. And that word publicly is not actually in the Greek. Hmm. So, and I, you know, I personally think that it's, it's uh, probably not overly accurate because I, I can attest to the fact that a lot of the, the quote unquote reward that I received was even like a peace that came to me hmm. as opposed to just uh, trying to find, um, I don't know, peace of mind or acceptance or something by other people. Um, so sometimes the reward is not something that will happen publicly, but it's something that's private, kind of like, well, think of a husband and a wife. Mm. You know, there's a lot of things that happen privately that are um, their own reward, just getting to know that person. Um, so uh, I'm just going to read this one, uh, this one verse that all of us or most of us have probably heard before, but just think about it a little bit. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, uh, he are, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, that's John uh, chapter 15, verse 5. So if we are trying to find our significance somehow in what other people are thinking of you, it's always going to fall short. But if we are connecting to the vine, that's where our our strength comes from. There's a cadmium layer um, that's inside all living things. Um, I saw there, there was an old man, a pastor out in Washington State, who had showed me used to graft trees. And there's a, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but whenever they whenever you uh, cut a branch, if you look, there's like this green layer. It's called the cadmium layer. The Cadbury layer? <laughs> um, that sounds delicious, but that's, uh, <laughs> No, I think that's some, I think that's something different. But what what you do when you're grafting is you 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 try to uh, you try to line up the cadmium layer from the one branch to the one that you're grafting on mm-hmm. and then they tape it up and that through that cadmium layer the sap is able to flow. Um, and so it goes from the it goes from the the tree into the branch. And so um, with us, we need, we need the, uh, the spirit that comes through that relationship with Christ in order to have life. If you cut off a branch, it doesn't take long before that branch is dead. Um, in fact, I would even go so far as to say if you're living just for yourself, if it's all about ego, you may have – it could be that you've never actually really understood the gospel. Um, because what the gospel does is it comes and it sets us, sets us free from the self. 
that is what this kind of prayer is about, is going alone with Christ and allowing him um, to interact with you in that time of, of in the time, a, a private time, mm. uh, not being overly concerned about appearances. Well, and again, what, what you see in verse 6 is, like you said, it's, it's the relationship. You know, and Jesus is pointing out two things is, you know, the hypocrites are either doing it for uh, recognition. Exactly. Yeah. Or <clears throat> in verse 7, they're babbling on over and over again, repeating those words, assuming that God is, you know, like a Pez dispenser, that he's going to give them what they want just because they're saying it over and over again. So again, like what you're saying about it being about the self, both of those are about self. Yeah. Whereas where Jesus is taking us, which is kind of where Josh is going to take us, is into what does what does this connection look like? What what should it what should it feel like? What what should the um what should the colors of your relationship with God look like? What should it smell like? What should it, you know, all the our senses being involved in it, where it's not about anybody else, hmm. you know, it's just about you and and God. So, yeah, and I think that that's the whole point of the Sermon on the Mount as a whole, not just this chapter, but the entire Sermon on the Mount. It's about readjusting your perception so that you're seeing things through a kingdom perspective that you're seeing things through your relationship with Christ rather than through your own material desires, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I mean, that, that pretty much sums up the whole of the Sermon on the Mount. And then here we have him teaching specifically on prayer and fasting and giving. Um, so we come to this section that we've been talking about where he says, don't do it for show, get private with God, don't babble on like the pagans. Now, he makes reference to the pagans. That's very specifically about relationship. The pagans believed that they had to do things mm. to impress the gods if the gods were going to do anything for them. So when it talks about them babbling on and on and repeating their words, that wasn't about dedication to their gods. It was about doing works for their mm. gods and trying to impress their mm. gods. And God's not impressed by our works. Yes. He's impressed by our heart towards him, mm-hmm. which can result in works. But these pagans that they're referring about would repeat the same thing over and over and over and over again with no heart and probably not even really thinking about what they're saying, only for the sake of trying to uh, complete a task in hopes that it would appease the gods. But that is not what God is looking for. So look at this transition from 7 to 8. In verse 7, it says, When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. And it goes from babbling on towards unnamed gods Mm. to a conversation with your father. Mm. And I think it's significant that Jesus is acknowledging the relationship name in this passage, Mm -hmm. right? That he's saying, go before your father. Your father knows what you need. Now, that doesn't mean you can never repeat a prayer, right? Because there's a difference between 
ritual and an imploring heart, right? So we right. see Paul pray three times about the same thing. We even see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prays more than once for the same thing. Exactly. So yeah. this isn't about you can never repeat a prayer. This is about the status of your heart. Are you imploring toward your father and approaching him as your father? Or are you doing something ritualistic to try to get his attention? I wanted to just bring in uh, James because whenever we're talking about our uh, our attitude or our behavior, usually James comes into play. Oh, I was um, looking for a person to walk oh, in here. No. I was like, who's no, James? James? James in the yes. Bible. Oh, okay. Uh, James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, it says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. And so that brings up the question, what is your motive in prayer? What's your motivation? Yes. In the beginning of this passage, we see the Pharisees who their goal is to get credit and get glory for themselves. And we see the pagans whose desire is to be ritualistic. Is your motivation relationship? Is your motivation coming to your father and acknowledging that he knows what you need? Notice that it doesn't say your father knows what you want, which he does, mm -hmm. but it emphasizes your father knows what you need. And we have to sometimes recognize we don't know what we need. We may think we know yes. what we need, yes. but God knows better than we do. So what, if you're, what is your motive coming before God? And so I think one of the things that we need to do as we move into this, and we didn't expressly say this, but I think most of you have figured out we're moving into the section where we're going to review what most people call the Lord's Prayer. When it, It's really a teaching on prayer, but most people know it as the Lord's Prayer. And many people can recite that without thinking. They can rattle it off without, uh, like the pagans, <laughs> you yeah, know, they can yeah. rattle it off uh, while they're going over their grocery list in their head. So I want to challenge you if you're listening, and I want to challenge us as we continue to put aside what we think that passage is about and look at it with fresh eyes and say, what is our motivation? Um, because we are coming before our Father, and there is a balance, and we'll start with this next week as a little bit of a tease. What is the balance between the relationship aspect that we're saying is necessary for prayer and the reverence for a holy God that you're coming before. And I think that that's what the beginning of what we call the Lord's Prayer is all about. So we see uh, this passage where he's sort of setting us up, and he's saying the first thing you need to do, if I were to summarize it, is you need to remove the I. If you're going to get ready to pray, you need to remove the I from the equation. And then he says, pray like this. And that's where we'll pick it up next week. I was just thinking... Even with the pagans, when they were doing things so ritualistically, um, it really boiled down to what they wanted, which yes. is which is very much the opposite of what Jesus is calling us to. Right. 
So we would love to have you join us next week. Uh, if you want more information about prayer or about care ministries or how to get help, there'll be a phone number at the end of this podcast. But let's just close by praying. Father God, we just give you praise that you are a God that hears us, that you are a Father that allows us to come before you uh, without fear, that we can speak to you knowing that you know what our needs are. But I'll confess myself, sometimes my prayers are ritualistic. I have phrases that I use that I don't even think about. And uh, Lord, I pray that through this series that you would teach us and teach those who are listening how to truly connect with you in a new way, in a way that is authentic and in a way that allows us to see your face and hear what you want us to hear. Allow us to be changed by prayer rather than expecting you to change your mind and give us what we want. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If we can be an encouragement for you as you grow in your prayer life, or if you would just like to connect with us at Brookwood Care Ministries, you can call us at 864-688-8355, or you can visit us at brookwoodchurch.org forward slash care. You know, Gene, listening to those uh, that last series that we did, yes, when you're kind of doing the, the intro and you're like, yeah. And husbands in marriage. Yeah, so let's join the care pastor. I just, ever since I heard you do, huh, I'm like, I, as soon as I hear you say it now, I'm like, oh, that's his little, that's his thing. Is huh. What am I doing? <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? He does a, huh. yeah. It's kind of like a Cliff Cleveland. <laughs> Can I do a Cliff Clavin? All right. Yeah. Yeah.